What's up, party people? Party people? Hello, lads and ladies. Lads and ladies? Oh, yeah. Well, hell yeah. You already know. It's your homegirl out to the YouTube channel. This is the Blue Hound, and you are listening to the opinions of a G podcast with Epic. With Epic. With Epic. Epic. Very old man, Epic. With Epic, y'all. Hola. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another brilliant episode of the Opinion of a G podcast, your favorite podcast series. And today on the show, today's conversation is really, is one I really look forward to having because I understand that, yes, it's the Opinions of a G podcast and a lot of people, over time, we have put out a lot of funk and lively content, but it's important that we um you we we our listeners understand the diversity that we possess right and we generalize conversations regarding young people and how it can impact our society in general today's conversation is going to be a very interesting one as usual i have two brilliant guests who happen to be my friends so yeah i have them on the show and in a bit i'll be introducing them and they'll be joining us and we'll have today's conversation and enjoy it and enjoy it to the fullest undoubtedly you know what it is you know what to do for that chardonnay in it's 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 a very very interesting it's a conversation you should be very prepared for so get your munches it's going to be a pretty pretty interesting ride so We'll be right back in a bit, not go anywhere. You are listening to the Opinions of a G podcast with Epic. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is still the Opinions of a G podcast. And I mean, it's still your host, the, your host with the most. My name is Epic. And today's conversation, it's a very, very crucial one. Crucial because it pertains to um, the political climate of our nation, Nigeria. It is the elections are coming up pretty soon. Um, I say pretty soon. Some people might say it's still um, twenty twenty three is still a bit far, but in my opinion, I think it's pretty soon because when you get this close to an election period, you know that elections are happening in a bit. And I brought two of my friends um, um, who are going to be joining us and taking us through what we should expect and what they also expect of this political season and phase that is about to. Um, before Nigeria. I'll start with my main man, Eziani John Bosco. How you doing, brother? I'm fine. How <laughs> you doing? Good day. It's good to have you on here. It's good to have you on here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of this conversation. Yes, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. John Bosco is not alone. We also have uh, <laughs> the sagacious and very brilliant Martin Okoro Zubi. Zubi, how you doing, brother? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for thank you for finding time to be here with us. So, straight to the conversation of the day. Um, let's let's just give a brief for context purposes, right? The elections are coming up in Nigeria, as I said, and um, this conversation is one that I think is I consider very crucial because politics is everybody's responsibility, whether or not we like it. It's important that we, as young people, that we are interested in who. Um, who make the laws and make those decisions that are crucial for us. Um, Martin Okoruzubi is one very, is my friend and one person I understand to be very, very um, sound and knowledgeable with regards to the political climate of Nigeria. And he's on here 
pandering and representing to a reasonable extent the All Progressives Congress, who happens to be the ruling party, and is Andy John Bosco, um, to a reasonable extent, also very sound with the political climate of the nation, Nigeria, would be representing the guys or what the party would like to call the most popular opposition, the People's Democratic Party. Um, Zubi, I'll start with you, brother. It is, it is politics again. It is the political season. What do you think the political climate in Nigeria at the moment is like? Uh, thank you for having me. And um, Before I go forward to answer your question, I'd like to congratulate my friend, Yezani John Bosco, for signing up to be a member of the political party in Nigeria. I'm just getting to know that he's a member of the People's Democratic Party. That's what I like him. And... Um, <laughs> I'll move on by saying that, uh, yes, ele the elections are here. Some people, like you said, rightly pointed out. Some people think that 2023 is far. Well, he's here with us. Yes, it is. He's here with us. That the, the timetables are out. The primary elections, which is the most important part, uh, the most important um, uh, piece of the general, going to take place this month. Before, by June 3rd, the major political parties or the political parties in Nigeria will be fielding candidates who are going to, you know, be elected into several offices by 2023. So that that means there will be eight months of rigorous campaigns across the entire nation for people who are seeking to occupy public office from uh, the lowest level to the highest level. So it is the more the the, the, the season is here and um, yes, the quality is heated as usual. Every day we begin to you hear one news or the other. We have plenty. Narratives, propagandas here and there, and is expected. So, the I would simply say that the the policy is heated at the moment. Amazing, amazing. I I, I would also agree with you. Um, it's a very heated um, um environment everywhere from social media. Um, while you move around the environment, you can feel the buzz in the air. Is there any jumbo school? What would you see is the political climate in Nigeria at the moment? Okay, um, thank you for having me. And yes, the, 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 the political climate is very, very heated. But the substance or the major thing, a lot of people are afraid that will have a repeat of 2015. <laughs> If you understand what where I'm going to, uh, we we'll have a repeat. We'll have a repeat of 2015, where certain people made certain promises, said so many things, and when they became or when they came into office, they left the masses to cater for themselves while jetting around the world. So. To be honest, to be honest, I, 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 I can't say that this is the first election, but I think this is the election where there, there's a lot of anguish, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration. A lot of people are, 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 are even getting into despair because right now, the way the country is and what we read on the newspaper, the killings, insecurity, and the, the truth of the matter is that at the end of the day, the Nigerian people will elect somebody who will have to fix all these problems. Because it seems like the current government has even forgotten that there is a problem. 
So, of course, the politics is heated and, you know, they say a hungry man is an angry man. And <laughs> why it's heated is because at the, soft, at the substance, deeper than the surface, there's a lot of hunger, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of insecurity, students are at home. So, basically, the truth of the matter is that we are deciding very soon and, like Zubi rightly stated, the elections have started. They started electing delegates. After election of delegates, we will elect uh, those who represent us at the state house, those who represent us at the um, federal house, the senate, and the governors. And then we will still, by ending of May and beginning of June, end of May for the PDP and beginning of June for the APC, we will elect who will be the presidential nominee of both parties. So, yes, the truth is it's heated, but it's because of the hunger and the anger in the land. Real quick, real quick, um, um, I agree with you, and I, I fancy um, your opinion to a very reasonable extent. Do you think um, it is going to be an election where we would have an improved turnout of voters? Because that has been a very consistent factor over time. Do you think this is going to be this? Um, do you think Nigerians are more aware and more willing to vote? In a way, yes. In a way, yes. The, the truth of the matter is, right now, uh, you know, we are still in the phase before the primaries. So after the primaries, there will be a lot of realignment, a lot of anger because some people will lose at the primaries. So it's now a question of would those people be motivated to vote another candidate that is not their candidate in the primaries? But if it's about the number of people that are registering, number of people that are getting their PVCs, yeah. I think the number has increased. I think a lot of people are becoming conscious of, the, a lot of educated people are becoming conscious of what it means to actually vote. But at the end of the day, we cannot judge the number of people that will vote until that day. Yes. To be honest, because a lot of people can say things, make promises, and on that day, maybe they wake up on the wrong side of the bed and they will not go to the poll. So, based on the number of people that are registering, number of people that are actually talking about PVCs, getting their PVCs, I think the number is increasing, and it's something that we should commend and continue to encourage. Amazing stuff! Amazing stuff. Zubi, um. Let's go into a little bit of primaries proper. For some reason, um, we saw that the president, um, Muhammad Buhari, signed the electoral bill into law. It's going to be a first election with that bill fully in the balance. How do you think that would affect this current political climate? Because I think it's the first time it's going to be in full form. And how do you think, what effect do you think that bill would have in the, in the primaries that are forthcoming? The question is for me or for John Bosco? No, for you, Zubi. For you, for you, Zubi. Okay, okay. I was thinking it was John Bosco. You know, he's no, been no, saying no. a whole lot. So, um, <laughs> I will quickly comment by uh, saying that, yeah, the Electoral Act is a, is a very good development. I give kudos to the uh, administration of President Mohammed Buhari because uh, people, a lot of people felt, you know, the, given the clauses, the, the mm -hmm. contents of that bill, that he wasn't going to pass it before the next next election. But the president has once again demonstrated his resolve, you know, to bequeath a better electoral system, better than he met it, or, or better than what was in place before he came into power. 
And that's exactly what he has demonstrated by signing that play. So um, you could see, I, I want to correct an impression. Uh, the, the statement you made about it being the first, yeah, it should be the first time the bill will be applied uh, on a large scale, you know, you know, holding elections simultaneously. But I want to remind yeah. you that a few months ago, we had by-elections all over the nation. And we saw, for example, in Nemo State, in Ongopala, we had a by-election in the FCT and um, I think Cross Jobs. River or thereabouts. Or Cross River and so we saw that, uh, yeah, So we saw that uh, in that election, uh, both APC and PDP, PDP won some, APC won some. So uh, the for me, the Electoral Act, especially when it comes to the electronic transmission of results, is something Nigerians have been for, for a period of time. And we're happy that uh, it's being implemented. Now, it may not be 100% uh, uh, efficient, but I think to a very large extent, it's been able to you know, bring down or curtail um, uh, uh, manipulations and all those kind of things. So I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a right step in the right direction. And I'm, yes, and I'm glad that it's, it's, it's in place and it's working. Amazing And there's, Amazing. there's still room for more uh, improvement. Exactly. Um, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, um, John Busku, you, you, while you were talking, you mentioned something I find, um, I, was, I would say I took note of. Um, and I think you addressed, you, 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 it is part of the statement you mentioned how there is, the, there is an increasing number of aspirants who have um, declared or who have made their intentions known to join the presidential race. And you attributed this to um, the situation of the country in general at the moment, right? Yes. Okay, um, let me start with let me start with Zubi on this one. Zubi, Zubi, build up to the primaries. Yeah. We can see that the primaries are coming. Um, do you agree with John Busco that there is an impressive or outrageous, it depends on how you want to look at it. The point is, there is the number of aspirants who have made no their intentions to um, seek for the office of the president, would you say it's quite alarming, in your opinion? Do you agree with the, I, Do you agree with Zubi that? Do you agree with Jumbo that there is an unusual number? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what the statistics is, but I know each time there is election, like a lot of people come out to declare interest and run. But we have to. There is one distinction we need to make you know we have to if a person is deemed an aspirant for an election once purchases the form and not uh, you know coming to the media to just say i'm running i'm declaring there's is this one thing declaring to run for president is another thing picking up your form because it's picking up your form in an organized political party that's what makes you an aspirant, aspirant. when you have picked up your form Officially, you become an aspirant. You know, the Nigerian media has, uh, I don't know the, how they utilize that word aspirant. They've, they don't you know, present it in the proper light of what it should be. And that's where I, ha- I hold brief for them. So, in, within the APC, you've seen over 23 people have come out to say, I'm aspiring. But if you look at the people I picked up from, I think it's less than eight or five or six, I don't, I don't, or thereabouts. Although we hope that more people will put more. I'm sure what I'm trying to, the picture I'm trying to paint is that a whole lot of people have come out to say, I want to be president, but a few number of people have, have been the ones that have actually gone to secure the forms, the nomination and special of interest form. 
to you know vie for uh, the position. So it is a it is a it is a democracy, and uh, you know when when some of us made inquiry about the party pegging the amount that they pegged on the forms, we begin to know that the part of the reason was because they wanted to shove down number of people who come out to you know come out to declare interest. That is why it was pegged at that amount in the first place. So. It's uh, so far so good. The forms are going for my party. The forms are going to the uh, end of sales is going to be this week, and uh, we'll take it up from there. We now know who the real aspirants are. <laughs> we'll just we'll just hold that thought for a bit because you mentioned a couple of things that we'll definitely talk about coming to the sale of form the mound. But let me just get Jumbosco's opinion. Um, Jumbosco, you got the question. Um, there is an unusual number of people who are saying that they want to be president. And you attributed that to the, the current situation of the country in general at the moment. It's interesting that even in the ruling party, there's an um, improved number than we usually have. But from the party, the People's Democratic Party, why would you say that there's so many people who are showing interest to be president? See, the thing is, when you look at Nigeria, the way it is right now, Everybody knows that Nigeria is at actually a state where any small mistake or any small wrong can lead to a serious, serious collapse. You know, the truth is, a lot of young people have forgotten that Nigeria actually fought a war and some of all this stuff that went on in our history. But here's the thing. I think why a lot of people are coming out to contest is actually because of the failure of the current leadership. That's actually number one. And then number two, because of the I don't care attitude, a lot of people are seeing it as an opportunity to just enter, like to just come into office, jet around the world, and don't care about whatever is going on in the country. Like Rotimi Amechi said, the president was surprised that somebody in Onicha market was complaining that he couldn't sell rams during Salah. Does it make sense that a president is surprised that the people he's leading is complaining about economic hardship? It kind of shows that um, there is a disconnect and I don't care attitude. And it's one of the things that is funny in the ruling party. But for instance, Asu is still on strike. But Emmanuel, um, who is the um, who is the Minister of State for State education, education, has bought his nomination form of a hundred million, and Asu is on strike. He wants to be president, but the little office he's supposed to man and take care of is comatose. So the truth of the matter is, there are two ways to look at it. The first way is to look at it from the number of people in my party that are coming out to come to salvage the mess that our country is right now, case of insecurity and dress. And then the opportunists, most of whom are in the opposition party, who don't have much to offer, but still are looking to continue in the I don't care attitude of this current regime and continue to burden the masses with more poverty more insecurity, more lack of basic amenities. So that's kind of the two ways 
to look at it, in my own opinion. Interest, interesting stuff. Um, Zubi, we both agree that Gumbusko has made some very, very, um, what we call shots at your party. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know if you want, if you have any rebuttal on that, I'll give you an opportunity to, if you have anything to say to counter what he has said. There's, I, I find it very uh, surprising that uh, such, um, such thoughts or such, um, uh, the position is coming from someone whose party, uh, whose party came out openly to apologize to Nigerians on how they actually misused or mismanaged the opportunity they got to do justice or to actually push the nation to an enviable height, given the resources they had at the time. It's very surprising. You can you can put it on record. It's on record that the party, through its publicity secretary, at some point in the build-up of 2019 election, if I'm correct, was it 2019? Apologize to Nigerians. Listen. Now you don't apologize when you know you've not done anything wrong. So you don't come out to say, "Please, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Vote me back again. I'm going to do." Uh, you are going to do what is right this time around. This is a party that was formed in 1998 and they have held sway to power throughout the night from 1999 down to 2015 until there was a titanic shift, you know, that brought in the APC government. The APC government, for me, in my own assessment, has not fared so badly since it came into power. And the reason is simple. Uh, if you point to some uh, critical sectors of the economy or some critical sectors of um, governance or government, you'll see that you begin to ask yourself what these people actually did when they were there for 16 years. Our party is barely seven years old. And um, the PDP, as it were, cannot point to, uh, um, like, I can I can ask a question now for, for them to point me to, uh, any critical infrastructure of national importance that was achieved in this country from 1999 down to 2015, we begin to scramble and scramble just to point at one or two of them. So it's it's not a matter of uh, the who and cry that is in the nation now. Yes, I admit that the whole lot has not been gone gone well, and uh, especially in areas of infrastructure, we have it, we have we have fringes. In a whole lot of sectors of the economy, but um, I will, if I, if I'm to place side by side, uh, what has happened, or the, you know, in elections, people are usually told to go for their, for their lesser devil. Yes, I would yes, always, we hear uh, that a lot. Yes, I, yes, I, I always go for, for my party, and the conviction is there because we have, we actually have things to point to Nigerians that look, we did this. This number of years we are in, in power. Look at what we did. Look at what we did, which I I doubt the other side can can point to. So that is simply our conviction. And I know that this next election we're going into, my party is going to win the election and win convincingly because the ve- best available hands we have. Like if you look at the materials that are parading to the president, the best available hands, the best available technocrats who can actually take this nation to the next level. I in the APC. I've not seen one or two in the in the PDP. 
Please. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm so done with the disagreement. But we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that. Um, um, it's it's been an interesting conversation so far, as expected, to be honest. And I personally have enjoyed it. Um, Zubi, still with you, man. Build yes. up to the primaries. The primaries are coming pretty soon. Um, we know that there was a lot of um, backlash from social media and different um, avenues when your party announced the cost of the sale of forms. Everybody had um, yeah. um, a lot of opinions. And, um, I mean, for obvious reasons, the sale of forms for the presidential election by, by your party is, has been stipulated at 100 million naira. For the purchase of the form, and so he was he was formally two hundred million. Is fifty million naira. Sorry, you wanted to say something. I said I said he was formally two hundred million before they brought it down. Wow! Are you serious? Wow! Wow! You... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow! That that's an interesting one. Um, I mean, I mean, um, for gubernatorial election, put at fifty million naira. Um. Why would you say, um, do you understand why people were uncomfortable with this price range? One, um, to, I'll, I'll just hurriedly put these two questions in one. Do you, first things first, do you understand why people were uncomfortable with the cost of the forms? And also, in your party's defense, why would you say these forms cost this much? Um, the, the thing there is, it's, I, I first of all. My party is a, is a ruling party. I do not expect them to sell their forms, you know, lower or lower than what uh, the men opposition or whatever other party will post. The truth of the matter is that if we are fair to ourselves, anywhere in the world, elections are not uh, cheap. Mm-hmm. Elections are not cheap anywhere in the world. And running political parties are not cheap. So, uh, at that price, you're you're, you're stating the what I'll simply my answer to your question is simple. I'd simply say. In a presidential democracy, fundraising ability is a strong indicator of popularity. Now, if you feel you're popular and you want to become president of over a people of over 200 million uh, persons, like Nigerians, I'm talking about the population of Nigeria. Yeah. You want to be the president, you want to preside over the affairs of over 200 million people. If, let's be honest, if your support base or your base cannot raise 100 million naira, you have no business being president, over 200 million people. Elections are not cheap, like I said. And running these political parties are not cheap. Even in the US, for instance, once you fall short of uh, any decent fundraisers or different, different, uh, decent fundraise while aspiring to be president, you simply drop out. You simply drop out. It's not a, it's not a place, it's not a president of the country, it's not, a, it's not the president of our Chandra market. <laughs> you are talking about Nigeria, the largest black nation in Africa, in, in the world. You're talking about the largest black nation in the world, of the population of the most populous country in Africa, and the population of over 200 million people. I think Zulaje said that justifies it from your party perspective. But for the average Nigerian who understands that, who would say, do you, do you, would you agree with the average Nigerian saying it is outrageous, considering how, considering that this is an economy. If that... you say it's un- outrageous, look, uh, look, out, you, 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 like, you, it's like you didn't get my point. My point was that 
it is not necessary. You're looking at it from the perspective of one Nigerian sitting hand into your pocket and bringing a hundred million and buying the form. I'm looking at it at the popularity perspective. If you feel you're popular among your people, oh, then okay. funding your election, funding an election is not something you solely do from your from your own pocket. Because of your popularity, your popularity should be able to drive groups, organizations, friends, business associates to fundraise or crowdfund your campaigns. That's, that's the point. That's the, that's the first step or the first indication or first thing that smacks popularity. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that one. I like that one, to be honest. Um, Jumbo Smoke. <laughs> Do you want to? I, I, I think Martin has clearly unequivocally stated and defended that price tag for um the for his party's um presidential forms. What would you say to that? Um so here's the thing uh, I don't know why someone can be proud to say that the presidential the presidency is now a commodity for sale to the highest bidder and say it with his chest and at the same time say that his party is made up of technocrats. Does it make any sense? Because the truth of the matter is, look, at the end of the day, of course, elections need money. But political parties must make sure that the tickets are inclusive. For instance, do you know that a young person deciding to run under APC, somebody below the age of 35, deciding to run under APC, will pay more money for nomination tickets and form than Atiku Abubakar? Are you trying to tell me that that young person is more popular than Atiku? Are you telling me that that young person have more friends than Atiku? It simply means that the ruling party has seen the presidency and elective offices as commodity they want to sell. They want to sell it to the people. And, and, and here's the thing. The thing is, it doesn't matter whether 10 million people pay one, one, um, pay 10, 10 naira to actually buy a ticket for you. What matters is how do you pay them back? Because a lot of the people that are going to put up money to buy tickets for you are investing in their own future. And that is where the question of Godfatherism and all the things that have taken our politics back comes from. Now, the thing is, Zubi can say his party has technocrats and his party has uh, and his party have uh, and his party have people that will support them and pay money for them. But that is not true. Most of the candidates running under the All Progressive Congress are government officials right, right from day one. Somebody like Ruthmi Amechi has been in government for over 24 years. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you want to talk about technocrats, you have to come to the People Democratic Party, where you have the likes of Peter <laughs> Bibo as the chairman of boards. I'm sure I can hear you clearly, and I'm sure that um, there's a but, but we'll get to we'll get we'll get to the individuals in the political race. I think you were going you wanted to tell us of the technocrats your party did stuff because Zubi had already okay. mentioned. Uh, but that his but party before I go there, okay, okay, let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. So, in essence, what I'm saying is that the presidency is not a commodity that we should sell. Any political party that decides to sell the presidency should know that they have, they are not working with the Nigerian people. 
because the Nigerian people want people that can bring solutions for their problems. Solution of insecurity, solution of rising poverty. In fact, right now, an egg is almost 19 era, something that we used to play with, something that will buy 30, 14 era is now 19 era. And it's not as if, it's not as if good government policies cannot correct these things. It's just that we have a government that does not care about the people. And if they want to continue in this step, it, it simply means that the truth of the matter is they say 99 days for the thief and one day for the owner. So at the end of the day, they can continue to, commodi- to, to turn the political offices in Nigeria into a commodity. But one day, and I'm believing this election that is coming up, it's going to be the time where Nigerians will rebook them and tell them enough is enough. Well, <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully, um, we have a very good election coming forth, and I'm confident of that. Um, to delve into a little bit more detail of what the primaries would entail, we'll start with um, John Busco because I'm sure you're already very eager to mention some technocrats that your party um, is going to put forth in forthcoming elections. The primaries are here, and we we see a lot on social media. We see a lot happening on the in, in the news and everywhere in general. There are so many aspirants who have um, who, to a reasonable extent, different sets of persons will say that they all possess or they are all very capable of taking Nigeria forward. Who, in your opinion, now very, this is a very very. I want you to consider this. Take out sentiments and give a very very political answer to my question. We know who are the forerunners in your party. We know that we know some persons who have already purchased the tickets and are fully aspiring to be president. From a party perspective, as a PDP member, who do you think your party will put forward as their aspirant for the election, as their candidate for the election? From a very from a PDP perspective. We'll get to how you feel as a, yes, we'll get to how you feel as a Nigerian. But this is a very partisan question. So from a PDP perspective first, who do you think will be your party's candidate? Okay. Um if I'm being honest, yes. The thing is, like I rightly tell my friends, politics is both for the populace and the delegates. At the end of the day, the populace sent the delegates and the delegates send the candidates for the elections so right now in our party to be honest we we know where it is heading to we understand the direction it is going but at the end of the day um it's going to be Can a really you strong... with what this direction is because i don't think um, you, i mean you that's, are that's actually but... where i that's actually where i'm going to it's going okay. to be a serious fight it's going to be a serious struggle um atiku abubakar is a leading candidate and he's asking for the right of first refusal and i think he's the leading candidate among the northerners and um governor wike of the um, river state is actually one of the leading candidates among those in the south. He already has the support of the Benue state governor and he has the support of some of the other governors. 
in the southeast, like the Anambra, um, the Enugu state governor and the Abia state governor. Uh, so he's actually another person to beat. But the truth of the matter is, and um, when you ask the populace, especially on social media, uh, P2B is their favorite candidate. So at the end of the day, it's going to be a big slog between um, Atiku Abubakar and um, Governor Wiki of River State, and hopefully the best person will emerge and our party will move forward peacefully. Do you think um, Zubi will get to you on this one, but I just want to, I don't want to mix these questions up. Do you think, um, John Busco, do you think that you have called, you have mentioned two names who are, in your opinion, um, are the most probable candidates to emerge from the party? I'm going to be very practical now. If Wiki, Governor Jason Wiki emerges as your party's candidate, do you think Atiku Abubakar would join the people who back him as a party member? Yes, yes. You know, the, the thing is... And vice versa, and vice versa. Yes, yes. You know, Atiku has an antecedent of actually um, backing um, the candidate he loses to um when he lost to Gulob Jonathan in 2011 and when he lost to Buari in 2015 he was still a member of the APC and he contested uh, and he supported um uh, Muhammadu, General Muhammadu Buari and they won the election and so the, the truth of the matter is PDP knows that it is no longer as strong as it was but now we have to contend with um, the All Progressive Congress, and we cannot win as a divided house. We have to win as a united front. So at the end of the day, Atiku Abubakar understands that the current government is a disaster and is disconnected from the Nigerian people. So those who want to be counted among those um, who are fighting and standing for the Nigerian people um, definitely would not leave the party, but will support one another in the forthcoming election. Uh, at the end of the day, um, Atiku has not, nothing much to lose. He's one of the biggest, and even Governor Newsom Wiki has nothing much to lose. If Atiku becomes the candidate who has the power to win, if Wiki becomes the candidate, Wiki has the power to win. So it's all about giving them the complete support. And when you win, you know, then you can now be able to um, change the country and move the country forward. And all the people who support you will be part of those who will labor to move the country forward. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Uh, Zubi, I don't know. I'm sure you have a thing or two I have to, a say about. to say about. Yeah, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm, you know, sure the... I'm sure you do have a whole lot I'm sorry you do have a, hold on. I'm sure you do have a whole lot to say and I will let you say that. But while you while you express yourself, please um also do well to the same question I asked John Bosco. Um who do you think the names that have come up? Okay. Who who do you think would be your party's most likely for the sake of your party? Who do you think would be your your party's most likely candidate after I'll the answer term? that question. Yes, please. Oh, so okay. please go ahead. In addition right. to the two right, things uh, you have to say. 
Uh, I'll begin by saying that uh, you know I just kept um, very calm. You know, and I and I appreciate you know, that. The, I mean I appreciate that. The, that the last question you asked, I did not, uh, I did not uh, respond to the last question. You know we were talking about forms and money politics and all that. So I think I'll, I'll quickly just touch that then answer your question. I said I actually very I actually laughed when people say they want to bring an end to money politics. Uh, <laughs> that very makes me laugh. There is no, uh, there is no way. Is there any democratic nation where serious money is not spent on elections? You know, even the U.S. is the biggest spender. You either have money or can raise money. These are the two things. You either raise money from the financial elites or confront troop supporters. Politics and elections are damn expensive anywhere in the world. The only difference between our own politics here is that the money spent on politics. And election are from different sources. Ours mostly from stolen, stolen from government. YGS is just mostly from private donors. As long as it is democracy, we cannot earn money in politics. You know, even him that is speaking, their own party, their, the forms are not so cheap. The presidential is about 40 million. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to paint a picture that we are close to the people, we are this, we are that. It's not true. If, if you look at Nigeria, there are almost over 100, sorry, 11,000 words in Nigeria. Each LGA has a minimum of 10.2 words. Some have maximum of 20. You know, there are about 120,000 polling units in the country. And any serious political party must have, uh, what is it called? They have structures in all these places. Yes, and how yes. do you oil all these things? How do you oil structures and all these things? It's, it's money. It's money. So, um, um, going to your question, going to your question, I'll simply say that uh, among the names that have come up, we have Asiwaj Bola, Ahmed Tinubu, we have uh, Yemi Oshibajo, the VP, we have uh, Engineer Dave Umahi, Governor of the Boeing State, we have Rotimi Amechi, Transportation, and Brothers uh, Rochas, Okorocha, and Bakari. the rest. So, yes, Tinde Bakari and the rest of them. So, but, but to answer your question very precisely, uh, on basis of, on the basis of you know, all every every um, necessary quality required one to deliver um, govern good governance and then to win elections. My choice is my preferred choice is Asuwajibola Ahmed Tinubu. The reason is simple. When it comes to the area of competence, uh, the ability to deliver integrity, whatever. And then when it also comes to what I call political qualifications, the rich, the, the the political structure, you know, which is actually very important, a very necessary ingredient to win the election for the party. As Waju has it all. So for me, it's my preferred choice. Now Do you think you, he would also be your party's preferred choice? Considering yeah, we look or, forward to we look or, we look forward or, to the primary. We we'll look forward to the primary. The primary is going to come le later this this month. It should be from 30th, 31st to about 1st of next month. The primaries must have been concluded. So uh, he's one of the leading. He's the leading um, aspirants in the party. He has purchased his form. He's in the race, consulting, moving from nook and crannies. Today he was in Adamawa. You know, yesterday they were all in a uh, what's it called? Two days ago he was in Abuja. You know, keep moving from different uh, parts of the country, consulting and talking with stakeholders, meeting with delegates, and that is that is actually the season we're in. So, 
Um, you, you look at the likes of uh, the names thrown up in the PDP. You hear uh, people like Atsiku, Nelson Wike, you know, you know, um, uh, Pito B, and the rest of them. And then the Bosco is trying to convince us that these are vulnerable names are people who are going to, you know, uh, rebuild Nigeria or do whatever to Nigeria. These are people that, uh, at, at some level of God, they've been in government. Uh, we've seen uh, how they handled both the finances of the country and what they were able to achieve. They didn't do much. They didn't do. They didn't do nothing. We did, we did not have any infrastructure of national importance throughout the 16 years of the PDP. And we're talking about a party, a nascent party that is growing and that is still um, in power trying to fix up uh, the great mess that this, these people cost the nation. So it's, it's an onerous task and uh, it has not been easy so far, but we move. The thing there is the, the names that have been thrown up, uh, it is very, very nauseating. For example, people like Jason uh, Wiki who come out to tell you that they want to be president of Nigeria. This is somebody who... I do not want to sound uh, immodest, uh, but I, I do have a lot of reservations about the candidature of this one. Though it is nice as a Southerner, you know, he's passing a strong message to tell Northern Nigeria that this is our time. We can't have a President Buhari for eight years and then well, power will um, shift to the South. You know, this whole power rotation argument is very, very strong now and it's something the major parties are. Uh, putting into consideration. But for me, within the PDP, I feel the person who has the, the quality, the, the entirety of the qualities, like I, I highlighted when I was talking about Ashiwaji, is uh, Atiku Abubakar. And for me, personally, I'd love to see on the ballot. I'd love to see <laughs> Atiku Abubakar on the ballot, because that's the only person in the PDP I know that can match the political sophistry of Ashiwaji by <laughs> patterns in the gives him the ticket. Interesting stuff. Well, your demand to see um, Aziko on the ballot sounds like more like a setup. Like we are waiting for him. Let of, him course, of, him. Course. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, of course. See, the truth of the matter is, these people. The, see, I guess. Sorry, let me say something. Yeah, please go ahead. It, it's funny when I hear people in the All Progressive Congress talk about 60 years of PDP, and I find it very funny. The national chairman of your party was a PDP member. The secretary. Everybody, almost everybody, there are very few people in your political party that they don't come from the PDP. It's just kind of like somebody changing clothes and say, ah, the, the other people, the, the other person is a very bad person. But <laughs> me, because I've changed clothes, I'm nice. Imagine, imagine... A political party... Allow me the political to... party is not is not a union of sense. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. Can oh, no, it's no longer a union of sense. It's not a union of sense. Even as holy as holy as Mecca, they don't reject sense. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, gentlemen, 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 <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, as expected, we uh, we expected this to heat up a little bit, but it's important that we. Um, we exercise the patience that we have exercised since inception of this conversation, allowing one another finish our statements at least before we put our rebuttals forward. Please, please, let's just implore decorum to a reasonable extent. Um, John Busco was saying something, we'll just let him finish. 
and Zubi will get back to you. Okay, so okay, so, so so basically, the, the, the problem we have in this country is that at the end of the day, um, our politicians, our politicians sometimes, no matter how we try to make it seem, the Buhari administration under the APC political party has failed Nigerians woefully. We've had the longest acid strike in the history of Nigeria under this government. And right now, we are still going for another record. So how can you actually be very bad at governance and then begin to tell us that somebody has political sagacity and the rest and the rest? One of the most taxed states in Nigeria. And you know, the thing that annoys me a lot is when people talk about um, the achievement of this regime, it, there are no achievements we want to we want to point at. Because at the end of the day, we're, demo, we're, we're becoming indebted at an alarming rate. Taxation has increased for every 10,000 naira you transfer. There's a 15 naira deduction from the government. And we're not seeing improvement in anything. Our education budget is less than subsidy. Muhammad Buhari and the APC, before they came into governance, said that there was nothing like fair subsidy. But now we now have a government that is paying over three trillion, four trillion in subsidy. Let's tell ourselves the truth. A government that has failed should not come and whitewash and tell us that the PDP made an apology. I think it's actually maturity to actually apologize when you're wrong. But when you're wrong and you refuse to apologize and you refuse to change your ways, then it turns them on to an I don't care attitude. Devil may cry. And that is not the kind of governance that we need 2023 going forward. Mm. Okay. I understand that. Zubi, please go ahead. Yes, I... I... I'm here with you. I, I heard him clearly. Like I was saying, he was he, he started by saying that uh, most members of our party came from the PDP and all that. I, I, I tried to counter that claim by saying that a political party is a union of, of is not a union of sense. It is a union of interests. And um, even as holy as Mecca and Jerusalem, they don't reject sinners. Right? You can't be you can't say because this person is a sinner, he can't go for pilgrimage in Jerusalem. That's not that's incorrect. It's not done. So uh, back to him talking about the administration. Uh, I'll simply ask him one simple question. I I feel that um, to to better manage poor leadership in Nigeria, you know, it is more of the local thing, the state and local thing, than it is at the center. Now, what do I mean by this? It simply means that the states and local governments are the ones defaulting most. Listen to my words. The states and the local governments are the ones defaulting most in their social contract with Nigerians. Now, let's look at, look at it at this picture now. Which states in Nigeria are the, are the, poor, are the poorly managed states in Nigeria? The worst states in Nigeria should check all of them very well. Our PDP states, this MPDP is talking about. Are you serious? Now, this is a party, this is a party that lacks ideology about leadership or you know, how to gravitate or move a place forward. Now, if you look at, if you look at uh, Nigerians, 
over 95% of Nigeria reside, resides in the states. It is the state governors that owe Twitter salary. They are the ones that don't pay civil servants. They are the ones that owe pensions. They are the ones that don't pay gratuities. They are the poverty creation centers in Nigeria. It's not as if the federal government does not share federal allocations. Every month, these people get their money. What do they do with it? Abia State is an oil producing state. They have 13% oil derivative. What exactly is wrong? Why is, what is hindering development? What is hindering state governors from delivering in their mandate? You know, you get, but, but what, what marvels me is that 80% of, 90% of people who claim they are activists are always obsessed about what Buhari is saying or what Aisha Buhari is saying or what um, that Buhari is a clone or what the chief of staff is saying. They, they don't, they are not different. These people are not different from the crooked politicians and false clerics. They are not after the substance. They are just after the optics. You get? So you, if you if you are unaware, the, your governors are inside of the states and they are, the, the local government apparatus is in their pocket. They receive state allocations. They, 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 they are the ones that, that generate, they have revenue both at the state level and the local government level. What are they doing with all those billions? If you look at the financial figures, if you look at the financial figures of what go into the states, you begin to ask yourself, in, apart from, in fact, most of the things that are working in this country as we speak today are federal government establishments. All, everything that is owned by states and local governments have collapsed. And it has been like that since 1999 to date. So if you want to talk about Nigeria holistically, then we begin to pinpoint and look at the meat of the matter. And not us, actually our aggression, or you know, looking at the leadership at the center, trying to pull a, a um, you know, Vitisio, uh, what's it called? You try to pull vi and rage and you know, uh, spiral the uh, what's it called? Uh, vile and anger towards government at the center. If you look at 90% of the states have not improved on primary and secondary education since 1999 to date. The same thing is with healthcare. How many of them have taken agriculture seriously? How many state governments have taken agriculture seriously? The most basic one, Godi, of paying salaries and pensions. They have not done it. At least when you pay salaries and pensions and gratuity, it will enable purchasing power. And when people spend money locally within the local economy, it will stimulate production. Where there is production, there will be growth. And where, is, where there is productivity, there is less crime. So if, if you look at economy, security, all these things are intertwined. They are intertwined. And, and you cannot tell me that you want to talk about Nigeria without addressing the states. It is the states that make up the federation. And, and for me, it is a, a governors, governors are even more powerful in the Nigerian context. That, like governors are so powerful, more than even a, what a state governor can do and get away with it. The Nigerian governor, the Nigerian president cannot even do it and get away with it. That is why if governors unite and do something in this country, if the, the, the president will be jittering because that thing is going to affect him well. Because look at what the, the, the executive order of local government autonomy and judicial autonomy. What did the governors do? They went to court and then they got a Supreme Court judgment to obtain that decision. And then you want to come and tell me how Buhari administration or government at the center is not okay. Look at okay, if we look at the states now, look at the states. Lagos, for example. Lagos is faring well. Lagos has never been governed by the PDP. Who are those? Who are those that made it possible? You know, even with insurgency and all this, look at how well Zulum is failing in body. Look at Kaduna, Governor Erufai. I can go on and on. But you can't say the same for, for the other. So if you want to if you want to have conversation about Nigeria. You don't come and, and, you know, 
begin to express rage and anger at government at the center as if they are not remitting uh, their federal allocations. What are the governors doing with the billions? How are they driving? How are they complementing federal government efforts in their states? Now, for you, self, as even as a young Nigerian, we cannot even pray to have an engagement uh, or a kind of job with state governments or local governments. You, you, can't, you don't even claim for it. Everybody is jostling for but people are even looking forward to, you know, federal government agencies. What, why is it so? Because, one, they, one for, for, for a fact, they, they actually live off the obligation of payments. And uh, when it comes to debt benefits and having job of uh, the house security, if you look at our federal apparatuses, the police, the Nigerian military, uh, the custom immigration, these are agencies that people would want to identify with. But you can't say same for our state government. It is not so. Because what, why? Because Nigeria has a fundamental issue of dealing with these emperors that are called governors. This is where, the, but the, the governorship election is more important to me. The kind of characters we elect as governors are more important to me than even who the Nigerian president is. Because if you look at the governors, if you, when it comes to passing laws, when it comes to making a legislation, nobody does it as fast as possible. If a governor wants a bill to be signed right now at the House of Assembly, in the next two seconds, it has been done, and he has what he has in place. But it is not easy like that if you're a Nigerian president. Go now. The National Assembly, you don't, the National Assembly is there to checkmate. It's not easy. It's not an easy ride. Buhari didn't have it easy in his first turn of because of the leadership of Bukola Sarati. The sabotage is not a lot of efforts of the government. So if you if you are not, uh, you, I saw you, I heard you reeling really out figures. You know, I know you're just like a popular presidential candidate in your party, you reel out figures. You don't tell us. You, the sources and you think we are you can just you can intimidate us with figures. You don't need to intimidate us with figures. If you want us to discuss the issue, then we go down to the nitty-gritty. We start from local government. In fact, a local government chairman in Lagos, you can't compete with a local in Abia State or, or, or Anambra. Local government chairman in, in Lagos are building um, what is it called modern facility, uh, primary healthcare facility. How can you say the same of, of other people? Go to uh, uh, Meduguri today. Zulum is doing his best, trying to change the tides, despite insecurity. So he, you don't uh, come and, uh, and tell us that the, the drunken master in River State is doing this. It's not, this is not what we are discussing. If we want to talk about the three issues of God, well, then we'll talk about our states that make up the federation. And not what, what Buhari, how Buhari slept last night or how he whispered in the morning. It's not the issue. Buhari is, uh, is, is not withholding anybody's money. Or that the sales that are gotten from um, from all uh, crude uh, sales or whatever are not being. I, I agree that a lot of things have not really gone well in the country. But I'm trying to tell you that the people defaulting the most, the people defaulting the most in their social contract in Nigerians are the states and the local government level. Interesting stuff. Thank you. Interesting stuff. The crux of, I like, I love, not like, I love this angle that you have portrayed and you have put forward because we are definitely going to get to that. But let's take the conversation a little bit away from the politics, because I understand that it has gotten very heated between the both of you, which, as we expected, it should. But let's take the conversation away from politics for a bit. Um, the elections are coming, and it is obvious that a lot is going to happen. Um, and we have to look at it as Nigerians. Zubi, let me start with you. There's a lot going on in the country now. Insecurity is plaguing us as a country. And yes. from the north to the southeast, and there, well, there's not so much in the west. But we can see these things. And what would you see 
is the readiness of Nigeria as a nation for yet another election. Considering everything, I mean, I know that we do not, whether or not we like it, whether or not you are prepared, the election is definitely coming. But do you think that as a nation, we are ready for it? Considering everything that is happening in the country from the north to the east. Do you think as a nation we are ready for it? If yes, how? If no, how can we do better? Um, I'll simply answer that question by saying that you know it is a, it is very pedestal to very very pedestal to you know say that uh, elections will not hold because of the current security situation in the country, maybe because of chaos here and there that the elections will not hold. Elections will definitely hold in areas that are less volatile and the volatile areas. Elections may not necessarily hold, but the thing there is, if you look at Anambra, the last governor's election, with all the who and kind, all the noise, you know, all of it. So it, it happened like magic overnight. Everybody just calmed down. That's to tell you that most of the insecurity you see have political coloration. When people set out their differences politically, you begin to see that some of these things will just die a natural death. Yeah. You know, there there are some level of political or um, um, uh, leaning or Political, uh, you know, how would I put it now? Some of the things you're seeing happening, security-wise, have some political leanings. So it is usually like that. We've seen it when the build-up of elections are like this. The tension is that everybody's talking about insecurity and all what's not. But it, what baffles me, this whole fight against insurgents and insecurity, is that this government that we are talking about has even done more to equip our military. Since 1999, our military has never been equipped better than this, this administration. You know, the Taku knows, the, this, you know, you know about the Dasuki arms deal. This is an administration that the money was meant for the arms deal. Somebody took it and cut it away with it and ran away. And some, some people want to come and convince me on how their own well, you know, was better. You know, it, what, what would have happened if this administration did not put those money into uh, judicial use and begin to. Uh, you know, equip our military and uh, you know, flush out criminals. What would have happened? Where would that? Where would Nigeria have been today? But the truth, the, the truth still remains that whatever we are seeing happen to Kuti wife, it did not start today. These things are things that started several decades ago. It began to, you know, this accumulative effect. Even with the infrastructure the APC has put in place, one would actually think that. The number of jobs that would have been created or the efforts of the government was supposed to have cushion effect of some of these things. But you begin to see that even some of these things are permitted. For example, some of the infrastructural projects in, in the South are being destroyed. These are things that are built with public funds. People are going about, you know, destroying them. And some of this is have political coordination. Everybody is raging in the context. People, people, this this tribe feel marginalized. The other tribe feels marginalized. The diversity of the country is in chaos. And all that and all that. But in all of this, in all of this, I do not see these things bringing a halt to the 2023 elections. The elections will come and go. And uh, the, onu, the, the onus lies on whoever takes over from Pezuma Ambai to consolidate efforts and improve better, especially in, in areas of intelligence, intelligence gathering, and for, the, for Nigerian people as them, themselves to actually, you know, uh, play their own role. Because security is everybody's business. It's not the... Uh, it's not, it's not only the business of the government. It's not only everybody 
everybody is involved in security, should be involved in security matters. With the, uh, the security agencies, yes, they need more manpower. If you ask people now, if I ask you people now, what is the manpower of the, the whole security apparatus that is segregating over because the population of over 200 million? It is, it is like, I think it's less than it's less than one million. Like, if you ask yes, army, security, uh, police, blah, 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 definitely less than a million. I love, I love, but this is about securing over 200 million Nigerians. So, manpower, there's a lacuna in terms of intelligence gathering. All these things are things that should be improved. You know, these are things that should be improved. And whoever is taking over, whoever is coming, must be able to, one, reconcile Nigerians. The person must have, must be a unifier, must be a pan Nigeria. You know, that's why I meant version of, when, you know, when I said that you know, he laughed. And I talked about Asiwaju in the other area, and he laughed. Asiwaju and Atiku, these are people, two persons, that, that we are critically involved in the fighting of the military and entrenchment of democracy. It's not, these, are not, these people are not coming to just uh, become president. These are people that actually planted what we have democracy today. These are people, they planted and now they want to reap harvest. You get? So, it is not, it, they are colleague governors, if you remember, in 1999. Asiwaju ran with AD, became governor of Lagos State. And then this person won in Adawa, but because uh, the slot of the VP, he left the governorship and now became VP to President Obasanjo. He gets so these are classmates people, and that the the ability for these two people to remain relevant since 1999 to date, and in their various political parties, they are the most talked about politicians up to today. They have the structure, they have the sophistry, they have the deep pockets to run this election. It is not the, uh, it's not the. Uh, it's not the my my case uh, that some people would like to put it. So, so that is that is that is where we are today. The elections is going to hold, and by the grace of God, we are going to go through the elections, and, and next year we have a new president, John Bosco, who will be from the APC. <laughs> you had to add that word. I'm sure you did. Okay, so John Bosco, um, Zubi has clearly, carefully. Um, explained what he feels about and how he thinks we should be ready um, for the forthcoming elections. I would have to get your opinion on that because these elections are coming whether we like it or not. Do you think Nigeria as a country is ready and Nigerians as a people are ready for yet another election? How do you ready do you think we are as a people and how do you think we should even be more ready for these elections? Because whether or not we like it, they are definitely coming. Okay, um, before I answer the question, let me just say one small thing. And what I'm going to say is, I, I like, I, I really enjoy it when the All Progressive Congress try to push blame from one person to another person, like in 2015, after um, President, um, General Mohamed Buhari took six months to put ministers. And he the, the next thing they told us was, um, PDP had a PDP spoiled Nigeria and worried that we thought or worried that is the Mezea to save Nigeria continue to blame good luck Jonathan for all the wrong policies that he was doing and now going to the 2020 election they are telling us it's the state governors it's the state governments that are the issue but I'm happy because anywhere they go anywhere they go we kind of like understand and we kind of have very easy rebuttals. The truth of the matter is that the All Progressive Congress have more governors than the People's Democratic Party. So if Nigeria is going sideways or going southwards or going bad, it simply means that 
the people in the All Progressive Congress are doing badly. All the states where people die every week, um, like 50 people die today in Zamfara, all those states are not PDP states. In Kaduna, in Bruno, they are not PDP states. So at the end of the day, anywhere they go to, any type of blame they want to fashion, any type of lie they want to raise, we already know, and it's very clear. It's simple. But here's the thing. The thing is, answering your question, on May 29, 2023, another person will be president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, whether we like it or not. Whether the person use one vote to win or two votes to win or a million votes to win, that person is going to be president. The person is going to decide how this country will move in the next four years. So the thing is, like personally, like me, I tell all my friends uh, personally, that day, it doesn't matter to me whether there is gunshot or not. I am going to go to my polling booth and try to vote. The only thing that can stop me from voting is if there are no ballot boxes, if um, the people that are supposed to um, um, administer the elections are not there, and then I'll complain about it maybe on social media or something. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about any other thing. What is important to me is my own ability to say, this is who I want to be the next president. And of course, the person might win, the person might not win. But of importance to me, and it's the same thing I'm telling every Nigerian, is when each and every one of us make that effort to go there and say, this is who we want. Not on social media, not in our houses, these cases where election is going on and people are playing ball on the street and all those things, we have to stop it. All of us have to go and vote because the people that are voting in this bad governance, they don't joke with voting and they, 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 they are the ones that we need to actually continue to educate and continue to talk to and continue to push so that every one of us can vote. And to young people like myself, of course, it is disenchanting. It is annoying what the All Progressive Congress have done. But it doesn't matter. The fact that they have used money to remove all the young people that wanted to contest, that does not mean that young people do not have that right or should not we'll use our votes to remove you from office. So it's my earnest appeal to all young Nigerians to actually come out and cast their ballots. And by the grace of God, we'll have a new president that will take this country in a better direction. Because if we continue this way we're going, with the strife and anger and hunger in the country, probably will be another Ukraine-Russia situation. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we we'll don't get. Hopefully we don't we don't get to that. Um, um, take away partisan politics and where your loyalty lies in the in the grand scheme of things. From a very honest point of view, John Bosco, I'll start with you. What kind of president do you think Nigeria needs at this point, come 2023? I want to hear um, character traits, experience. What kind of man do you think, or woman rather, do you think should should be the next president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria? Okay. For me, it's very simple. It's, it, the, the question is very, very simple to answer. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to break it down in two, three traits. 
the number one trait, the number one trait for me that is important is an empathic leadership. Someone that is willing to come down from Mount Olympus, which is Asso Rock, to listen to the Nigerian people. Someone who will not sit down with toothpick in his teeth and be doing as if he doesn't know that um, um, the, the Nero or the country is on fire. We don't want another King Nero. What we want, another Emperor Nero, sorry. What we want is somebody that is empathic. Somebody that when they say there is a bomb blast in Susan, so place, the person will come out to at least sympathize with those people that are suffering. Not somebody that will hear that there is a problem in the Nigeria, but in the next day, he will jet out to London or to another one economic forum or the other. What we need is somebody that understands that listening is the first duty of a leader. In fact, I, I kind of, I'm going to say this, um, there was a governor in Anambra State during his tenure that gave his phone numbers to all the senior prefects of all the secondary schools in Anambra State. That is the kind of leadership that we want. Somebody you that can, listens. You can call names. You can call okay, names. Um, Governor Peter Obi, during his tenure as the Anambra State government, that was how he was able to move Anambra State government from number 26 in Waek and Neko to the first position <laughs> in Waek. That is capacity. That is what we want. Somebody that listens. Somebody that understands. Somebody that is willing to come out and interface with the people and not only to come out during election. Number two, we need somebody that knows how to manage resources. That is our problem in this country. We are living in a country where somebody does not own a house, he does not own a car, and he collects loans to actually contest for a political position. And after one or two years, the person has a mansion, he has a lot of cars. He... That is the problem. When it's funny, but I, I worked in, in in governance. I I, I worked in some government for that. Uh, uh, or I've been around some government institution. Let me use that word because I didn't work there. I was around there, and you find out that look, the price government buy things is not the price people sell those things in the market. There's over forty, fifty, sometimes hundred percent markup for the price of the same thing when you go to the market. So. Governors, we must. I, I don't understand why one governor is going to be working with 12 convoys of cars. It doesn't make sense. Three cars, two cars, and it's fine. It's not as if everybody they, they are going around uh, uh, the country looking for governors and these people to kill. No, the truth is, when you do your job, when you minimize, when you are able to actually reduce the cost of governance, which is why I'm saying a, a person that knows how to manage, when you are able to reduce the cost of governance, then you can begin to invest in the things that will impact hugely on the life of the people. I saw one picture today um, online, and, and it was a picture of uh, Mr. Peter B. Uh, the former governor of Anambra State handing out one hundred million dollars, uh, sorry, one hundred million naira to the schools um, in Anambra State, and somebody was saying this is a better way to spend a hundred million naira <laughs> instead of buying the ABC nomination form. But 
that 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 is kind of what I'm saying. I'm saying somebody that knows how to manage resources, somebody that is going to buy things at market rate, somebody that is going to invest in our locality, in our local, in our local industries, in our local companies. And third, but not the least, we need somebody that knows how to save. See, I am telling people, a lot of young people, my friends, I am telling them that the future of our country is in a very, very bad shape. We might become the next Greece. Worse, we might become the next Greece or, or, or the next Sri Lanka. A country that cannot afford to pay its debt. And the truth is, we have resources that we're using, but the problem is that we're not managing that resources well, so we cannot be able to save. So for me, these three things are important. An empathic leader, someone who can listen, someone who is available. Secondly, someone who knows how to manage resources. resources. Someone who knows how to cut the cost of governance. And the third, but not the least, Someone, someone who, who can save. begin to save so that our future generation will be able to have something to build on. I think these are the three qualities um, that we're looking for, or, or that I personally am looking for. Yes, in I personally, yeah, that's right. Impressive stuff. Um, very clear and um, clear as crystal, in my opinion. Martin, Zubi, um, um, this is from a very, the question is simple, from a very personal point of view what kind of president do you think nigeria needs now come 2023 yeah the country the country is a is in a state of a record a whole lot of people that agitating for a whole lot of things and uh, what nigeria needs now unity peace and progress just like uh, the nigerian motto motto uh, says says yes unity peace unity faith peace and progress so you you first of all nigeria needs a, a leader who is a unifier someone someone who who plays down ethnic jingoism as i choose to call it yes someone who plays down ethnic jingoism someone who understands the need for us for, to reconcile Nigerians, bring Nigerians together, you know, for them to be able to renegotiate the times in which they are going to, you know, further coexist. That's one. And then the next quality I would like to look out for is um, someone who has the experience in leadership and governance, someone who has demonstrated competence over time, someone who has been in government space. You know, when, when we talk about this government and leadership, people feel that it's just you just come and import somebody from somewhere, the person will just come and start doing something. Or we actually would need people who have been around. You understand? Look at yes. the president of the US. He's somebody who has all his public all his life has been in public spaces. You understand? All his life. Like leadership is a People say leadership is a career, so, but people don't know that uh, that's what it is. So some people think that uh, uh, for a fact that if you do not have any trace of uh, you know, being in some certain other spaces, then you don't have a shot at being president or because you've been governor 
or you've been governor, you don't have the shot of being the president of Nigeria. In fact, being a president, being a governor in Nigeria, so it's huge. It's not a small, it's not this, it's not a small dangle. So, when someone has the experience, the leader who does not pander, the leader who, um, who is not easily bowed by the noise of the crowd, and you know, someone who someone who listens not to everyone or everything, but selectively, intently and carefully. The leader who is not swayed or tossed here and there by every wind, you know, wind skill um, opinion. The leader who is not an errant person that follows uh, given instructions. It's only in Nigeria where I see people who want leaders to adhere to the opinion as a sign of being a listening leader. If you see anyone who is more afraid of mob opinion than having just courage to act on conviction, that person is a pleaser and not a leader. The person is a pleaser and not a leader. You know, most Nigerians want a leader in their own image. God should just give us uh, a clay and mold. We just carry and mold that kind of leader we want. Many will reject what they used to or what they use their own image to within weeks. Because a typical Nigerian wants to buy a Toyota Corolla, but he wants the wheels of Benz, the sound system of Infinity, engine of BMW, <laughs> slickness of Lamborghini, and all that. So that, that's what most Nigerians feel. It was, that's how most Nigerians always think at this things to be. So the bottom line there is, I've, I've listed, I've told you I want someone who is going to unify the country. Unify. Someone who has the trajectory, uh, who has done it before, experience. who has the experience. Yes, who has the experience. And someone who can uh, manage resources, like you said, you rightly pointed out. That's a very key or German factor. Someone who can actually, you know, turn the tides, especially according, as it regards to the economy of the nation. You get so these are this is this is my ideal president for 2023. This is what I want to see. These are the major ingredients I want to see. Someone who can manage, someone who has the experience, you know, who does who does a leader who does not panda. Because Nigeria is not a place that Nigeria is not a country that requires you to in fact part of the reason why some of us voted uh, President Mohab Bray was because of his military background. You get Nigeria is not a country. If you if if you if you feel it's easy to leave Nigeria, just become the chairman of the neighborhood association of your place and find out what <laughs> uh, leadership is all about. So that is my um, I, I like that one. I like that one. I like how you have um precisely nailed the qualities that you um intend to see in the post in from the leader from yes. the most likely and, and candidate uh, who is the president. To add that, uh, there is only one person in the APC who I know that possesses all these things. You can call names. Huh? You can call names if you say there's one person. Yes, yes. Okay, if I can call names, uh, the person is no other person than Ashura Jibola and Ochimi. If you look at his cabinet in Lagos, and Igbo, Igbo man was there in Northern House, uh, part of his cabinet. You know, he demonstrated one Nigeria, giving his uh, a cabinet in Lagos when he was governor. His first tenor, you have, you know, Ben Akabu as there, Joe Ibokwe, you know, uh, Belay Mohammed, you have today. Uh, Baba Tindera, the fashion lad. These people are not from Lagos, per se. But this, uh, uh, you, you get to see that sure. that demonstration of one Nigeria was actually you know, entrenched in his government more than. I've not seen that in any other part you know, as much as it. You see, Ibo's winning elections in the House of Rep and Houses of Assembly in Lagos. 
and the expenses so, is it is it is it so are you something or the fact that jumbusco 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 let's let let's sorry i'm talking about i'm talking about demonstration of that viability of one nigeria in in nigerian states so and I, and again is that like i talked about the, the experience but that's in the book immediately he finished uh, in uh, chicago university started working over, overseas in the u.s from there he became a he got engaged in, a, in mobile a top multinational company and rose to become an accountant in mobile uh, which he now resigned his position because he wanted to join politics and uh, they fought for democracy. He was involved in the MKR the last struggle. Became a youngest senator at the age of, I think, was it fought? I think, uh, okay, became governor at 41 or 42. But before then, he had already been the senator in 1992, 1992-93. That was the short-lived short, uh, uh, short Third Republic. And then they formed the party in 1998. And ran for governor with AIDS, became the governor of Lagos for eight years. And since then, he has been out of power since 2007, but remains on the lips of every Nigerian. He's one of the most discussed politicians, has raised leaders across boards in this country. He has that uh, sophistry and also uh, what was the other quality? He's not a leader that passed. He has uh, he's think... someone that is decisive and can assemble best brains. And that's what the country needs. Only people who can be in the economic economic team, assemble the best brains, assemble people, you know, decision making, give them tax to give, you know, carry on, give them, uh, you know, uh, targets to meet, and and uh, that's it. Most of the things that, that he did as governor is what federal government is even implementing now. Things he did many years ago, decades ago, are some of the things that are being done at the federal scene at this time. So he's he's a visionary. If you look at the Lakey and the Lakey footage and what's happening in, that, in those areas of Lagos, you see that this is somebody who saw a vision and then is driving it and then has consistently made that thing come to reality. This is what I want to see replicate on the national scene. That is why I'm for astrology. Well, um, Zubi, we both agree that your eulogy is for the man um, are pretty strong and sound. Um, John Bosco, I'm sure you have reviewed styles and I'm sure you also have a... Um, candidate would also like to eulogize in this manner uh, that who you think possesses the characters that you carefully spelled out and you get to do that definitely so just save it a bit um before we because we have we have we have been here for quite a while and we cannot yes. spend the whole day here um you have to run down yes yes we have to we have to you mentioned something that i consider very important it's in this in the in the in the discussion of building a better nigeria as really. and you spoke about how the governors and the um members of the house of reps and the local governments are very key factors in ensuring that this nation works eventually we know that during the time of an election of this manner when politics has come again there is so much attention that is being focused on who becomes the next president. But we can all agree that it's also equally as important to know who will be the next governor, who yes. will man those offices that are very close to us, yes. the, who will be our next local government chairman, who will represent yes. us in the federal level. Yes. How do we get that? What do you think we can do 
to ensure that Nigerians are equally as aware and interested, take note, aware and interested in these other okay. offices that are not, okay. that is not the office of the president. Because okay. these offices are as crucial as that of the president. So how do we yes. have that? What do you think we should do to encourage that shift, to encourage Nigerians to also pick interest in these other offices? Thank you so much for that question. Thank you so much for that question. In answering the question, I'll begin by saying that it is by advocacy. Like, for example, what exactly you're doing now, for us to continue to talk and let people know, you know, young people, you know, you know, when they do this whole Sorosuke thing, the people come online, they make noise and go back to their clothes, you know, closets. I'd be, I'd be like, this Nigerian youth are not serious yet. When they are serious, we'll know. In this 2023 election, for example, John Bosco was saying a whole lot about prices of form that we have chased away the, all the young people that were supposed to come and run election. He spoke as if his own party he was, in his own party, the, the case is uh, entirely a different ballgame. It is not. So, no, it you, is. You, you, feel, it is. you, you can't feel, feel, yeah. John Bosco, John Bosco, John Bosco. I'm not talking about presidents, I'm talking about that process. John Bosco. Oh, yes, other well, offices. Well, John Bosco. John Bosco. Are you aware that we get 50% of our youth and women and free form for the women? Are you aware? I am aware. We did the same thing. So, so, exactly. So, In fact, we, we, we lead that you guys follow, but continue. Okay. Okay, I'll continue. So, my point is that, my point is that the, 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 the argument that we are blanking out young people, I don't really, really buy into it. It's not, it's not totally correct. <laughs> that uh, the in 2023 elections, I, I even personally, I, I, I know, I, I think it should be an opportunity for a lot of young people because I, I've seen people buying for houses of assembly. They are the young people, especially in Nemo states where I come from, and so many other places, house of rep, young men coming out to run election, and that's what we need. We need to invade the national assembly. When I do invasion. Invade the Senate houses, invade the National Assembly, houses of assembly as young people, and be able to uh, uh, get things Chandler. right. Uh, the 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 question um, um, Epic asked about uh, how we can be able to make people understand that uh, this some of this is that it's not always about uh, government at the center who becomes the president. <laughs> So, so it, it leads me to making a statement. You know, when government is mentioned, like the word government, the people like John Bosco, their head blanks out that the government is uh, also uh, that judiciary is government, the legislature is oh. government, that, is, that government <laughs> is also that state governments are there and that local governments are there. They feel that when government is mentioned, that is Buhari talking about, it. and that is that is not true. It's not true. It, when it you is. Mention government, it is. When you mention government, government is both the, the legislature is there, the national assembly, the legislature, these are people that make law, they are there, the judiciary is there from the lower court to the higher court, Supreme Court level, and all that, all the politics that has been played, the NJC, and all that. It's there. So if you, at the state level, you also have the state governor, who's the executive there. We also have the state house of assembly. We also have the judicial uh, uh, set up in the state too. Then the local government level. We have the local government chairman, and we have the councillors, and the, that's the lawmaking body of it, and the the local customary courts or whatever. So the the most Nigerian, most young people in Nigeria feel that what's just say government, 
that is uh, we're talking about the man in Asoya, who whose duty is uh, more or less to make sure that what is due to everybody gets to everybody, and then <laughs> may, and making other uh, policies that will affect the generality of the people. And the National Assembly is there to check plate him. I've already earlier in this book has highlighted how powerful state governors are in this country, how they can yes, be able to, 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 to change a whole lot, and how they have defaulted most to their social contract in Nigeria. So this is what people must understand. So that you don't you know one it is one thing to be angry. It is one thing to be angry for the right reason at the right person and at the right time. That is what most Nigerians have failed to do. You you don't you get angry, you don't know where you're directing your anger to, you don't you don't know the source of the you know what caused what you know the, the, the source of that your anger but you, you just want to get angry so that people will clap for you that you're angry then you come online come on social media make all sort of noise the election will come you still not participate the the, the elections will come the northerners will have the highest number of votes or the southerners will make the highest decibel of noise and the, the cycle continues like that nothing has changed so until we, I begin to see seriousness from our young people through conscious efforts like this to sensitize our people, advocacy for people to understand what government is and how government functions, it's only then can we, you know, make holistic decisions and begin to think alright and make things better. Thank interesting, you. interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Jumbo School, I'm sure you have a lot to say, but please, yes, um, this here's here, here's what we're going to do, Jumbo School, because we don't have all the time in the world. So we're go you're going to have an extensive period to address so many things that you did want to address. And also, please stick to the question. And lastly, also do this. I know that um, while we have Buzubi mentioned the candidate he thinks possesses all those necessary qualities. So you can also do that too. The candidate you feel possesses, this is now personal, the candidate you feel possesses the right qualities to lead Nigeria to the next phase, please do well to mention that. And also, um, you can please start with the question on board and go on to say all the things you want to say while you do that. You have to Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, the first, the first is first. I, I, I understand why it is important for the All Progressive Congress to take the blame away from the current president, General Muhammad Buhari. But the truth is, when we look at everything, when you want to talk about anything that actually affects the Nigerian people, eighty percent are only in terms of security. He is the Grand Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. The police are him. The Chief Security Officer you call the Governor. The Governor is not in charge of the police. He doesn't pay them salary. He doesn't, he cannot even command the Commissioner. So, how, in fact, there was this funny thing that happened in Lagos State recently, where Sadi Olu was even, like, trying to beg, I don't even know the rank of the police officer, and the man was talking rudely to the Executive Governor of Lagos State, in Lagos State. And you come and tell me that they are the chief security officer. How can you see there are certain colors? Is it constitutional? That is that is the point that I'm making. No, actually, he's making my point for me. He cannot come and tell us that governance is in the state government, is in the local government, and then he 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 now expects us to agree when we know the people who are in charge of our security. When we know that the president is the grand commander in chief of the armed forces, I don't understand it. When you talk of economic policy, it is the Ministry of Finance and the Central Bank of Nigeria that are in charge of our economic policy. They are the people who have refused to allow dollars to actually be on, on um, 
influenced by the forces of the market. They're the people who have closed borders and allowed corruption to exist on our borders that a bag of rice is now 26,000, 28,000. They are the people who are committing all the atrocities. It is the federal government. Don't come and tell me the state government. Because I know what the state government are supposed to do. I know their contract to the people. And I know what and what they are supposed to do. But when you come and begin to absorb blame from the federal government, for the things the federal government are responsible for, it becomes very difficult to actually believe that you are actually trying to help the Nigerian people or address the issues that we are facing. So that is the first point I want to make. And like I told you in this broadcast, if you say the governors are the problem, then the majority of the problem of Nigeria is APC governors because they are in the majority. We have over 22 of them. So if we have 22 APC governors and the insecurity is high, poverty is high, then it means we should encourage the Nigerian people to change them. It's as simple as that. So you're making my case for me and you're making my point. The president has failed. The governors under the All Progressive Congress have failed. What you say? You made the case, and, and I'm being able to actually make the case on my behalf. You tell Nigerians that, look, APC governors have failed. The presidency has failed. And it's time to push blame to the APC governor. But I will not let you push those blames because the truth is the presidency and the APC governors have failed. Insecurity is highest in APC domain. But let me move forward and also say, see, the truth of the matter is all politics is local. At the end of the day, I understand why a lot of Nigerians are not interested in local politics, in what is going on in their local government and what is going on in the state government. It's almost like how um, most people are not interested in who becomes delegates, but they will now tell delegates who to vote for. If you do not have interest in who becomes the delegate, then you don't have the right to tell the delegates who to vote. So at the end of the day, it is about everybody understanding that, look, democracy survives when the people want it to survive. There are a lot of democratic countries that are moving into autocracy. The thing is, when we have people who are interested in their local politics, who are registered members of their political parties in their ward, in their local government, people who know the men in their community, who can argue on behalf of the young people in Nigeria. So, at the end of the day, when the delegates are going, they know they represent the young people. And when they are elected, they will elect who the young people want. But if you're not interested in who the delegate is, then you cannot tell the delegate who to vote. It's the same thing when it comes to local government. Although the truth of the matter is we have a problem when it comes to local government. And I'm hoping that the next government in Nigeria will change that. Saraki tried to change it, but it didn't work. The truth of the matter is that we have to give full autonomy to the local government. We have to give them full autonomy. And we also have to give full autonomy to the state independent electoral commission. Once we are able to do this, then governance will now be closer to the people because the local government chairman will live in the community, the councillors will live in their wards, and it will now be very, very easy to actually be able to challenge governance in your local community. And of course, we must accept the responsibility of state government. 
and we must also find a way in Nigeria to do away with the executive list so that state governments can also fund things like power um, and other things that will help the Nigerian public grow. And security too, which is why a lot of people are talking about state police. And it's something that I'm hoping by the grace of God will be able to work it out and be able to make state police something that we'll have moving forward. And to be honest, the truth of the matter is, I'm going to say it as simply as possible. The best person, the best candidate of all the political parties, and I'm saying this, and the best part of what I'm saying is it is very easy to go and verify. The best candidate of all the political parties is someone who can listen to the people. Because you cannot claim that you don't want to pander to the people when you come out and campaign so that the people will vote you. Campaigning is it not is it not um, is it not the first step you have to take by listening and telling them the things you want to do. So if you don't want to pander to the people, then you don't have any business being in politics. You have to listen to the people. The people are the people that kept you there. It is their quality of life that you want to improve. So the truth is, as far as I'm concerned, the truth of the matter is that the best candidate to win this country is the candidate that when he enters into the government house, the government of Anambra State was owing 30 billion in pensions. And when he left, he left over 74 billion. 74 billion naira at that time because he left 50 million in three 50 million dollars in three banks and 12 million dollars uh, sorry 12 billion naira in access bank uh, in access bank where he also left 50 um 50 million dollars. someone who has demonstrated the ability to stay and invest in the future someone who is able to manage the resources who was able to take number state from the 26th position in education to first someone who is able to that, develop. That's, that's <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Someone who was able to develop a, a millennium development goals. Someone who was able to bring uh, the best doctor in heart surgery to actually do heart surgery in Anambra State. So, someone who has demonstrated the ability to actually cater to the needs of the people. Someone who has demonstrated the ability to help build a state, take it from one of the most backward and awkward states in the Southeast to the shining light of the nation that it was before he mm. left office. So, um, the truth of the matter is, I, I think the best candidate of all is no other person than the former governor of Anambra State, Mr. Peter that is the best candidate to lead Nigeria. Yes, delegates and politics will play out. But the truth of the matter is, if Nigeria wants to move forward at a lightning speed, at the fastest time possible, then the best candidate is no other than Mr. Peter And the, 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 the thing is, the thing is, or, or the most beautiful part of it is that when we say this thing, it is very easy to verify. It is very, very easy to verify. He was one of the governors that actually brought at least, not, not at least, we know the number, 30,000 computers for the schools in Anambra State. So his antecedents is clear, his works speak for him, and the fact that he has corporate and business acumen is one of the biggest advantages, in my opinion, 
for him. He has been chairman of boards. He has been chairman of big companies like Fidelity. And he has actually been the chairman of the stock, um, Nigerian Stock Exchange. So he has, he, I, I, I think, um, either one, either he was succeeded by Dangote or somebody before Dangote. But all I'm saying is that he has the acumen, both in business, both in public service, to lead Nigeria to a better future and to make the hope of the common man come alive and brighter. So, honestly, if there's anybody that can take back Nigeria and make Nigeria work for the masses, there's no other person than Mr. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Uh, although you said a lot that Zubi, I'm sure Zubi has to. I'm sure Zubi had his own personal reservations, but um, I would say that um, um, your message was quite clear and very um, highly opinionated. And um, I'm sure that Everybody listening has learned more than a thing or two from this very extensive conversation. I would appreciate both of you for coming on here and doing a stellar job and both representing Nigeria and both your political parties. Um, before we finally close the curtains, I'll just allow both of you, both persons, to say a final note. And also, if people want to continue this conversation with you, on social media, on different platforms. You could just help us with a way people can reach you. Probably like an Instagram handle or a Twitter handle or a Facebook name. Anything that people can get in contact with you and just continue carry on this conversation. So, one last words and basically how people can reach you. Zubi, please go first. Okay. Uh, conclusively, I'll say that uh, uh, Nigeria is a product of our ovaries and semen. And uh, we are not going to import people to lead Nigeria. Nigeria will be led by people who are available, who have presented themselves, people who, are in the, who have been in the ring, and not people coming from the outside. And for the next president of Nigeria, the next president of Nigeria is not supposed to be a bigot. The next president of Nigeria should be a pan-Nigerian that believes in the unity of Nigeria that has demonstrated it, that has actually, you know, you know, worked it out, practicalized it over the years. And um, we must, uh, as a people, be very hopeful that uh, best people who have you know, set their places in motion, people who have the CV, the political CV, who have shown, demonstrated uh, uh, excellence in public leadership, you know, take over the mantles, and be the next president of the largest black nation in Nigeria, in, in the world, which is Nigeria. So uh, Asiwaju remains the man for the game. And um, he has, uh, over the years, demonstrated that he has the capacity, the intellectual capacity, you know, to lead the nation, given his trajectory in Lagos. If you watch the figures in terms of revenue, in terms of uh, uh, local, the local uh, development, that's that's the uh, creation of uh, the L, L, uh, LCDAs, and in terms of um, investment, in terms of business, yeah, in terms of business, you know, giving his own personal record to someone who has one of the highest stock in Apple Incorporated and Manchester United, and then someone who has done business over the years and who has uh, distinguished himself as a pan-Nigerian who 
has all it takes, being in the ruling party and being a major, you know, a major uh, founding father of this great party that I belong to, you know, to take up the mantle of leadership and be able to consolidate on the infrastructural strides of the current administration. You know, many years ago, you could you could not uh, see Nigerians being the rail station to take a picture in a rail in a rail uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a train, but today those things are possible. We've seen roads, we've seen bridges that connect, we've seen roads that link up, we've seen the rail lines, we've seen uh, many other infrastructural projects which some people were unable to do for donkey years, and uh, we've seen the renovation of our airports, more airports coming on board and a whole lot of other things. So we need someone who consolidate our infrastructure, better the economy and better the security situation. And I see that person in as well. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Thank you very much. You did not say how people can reach you if they wanted to. What are your... Yes, um, um, I'll just quickly add that. Um, you can reach me on um, Mr. Okokobioko uh, uh, on um, Twitter. I think that's majorly where I, I, do, uh, I, I uh, operate from. And... Um, you can, you can actually hold Twitter spaces, you know, for to further this conversation. Yes. And you can yes. host Twitter spaces and have people come on board and a lot of people join and air their views. It should be a more interactive um, thing. And um, I look forward to that. Like I said before, is it that you search Martin Okoro and then the username that, that has the at um, uh, symbol, you see Mr. Then um, you have a, what's it called? A... Uh, what's it called again? Yes, it's exactly. You search Martin Okoro on Twitter, okay. or you search Mr. Okokobioko, that's the, the username. The username, okay. Uh, that's my handle on Twitter. So e either one you search, you see it, and then be able to follow me, and then we continue uh, to further the discussion from there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, John, go to real quick, real quick here, right? Um, final word, and how can we continue this conversation? I am thankful for the opportunity to talk about the current political state of Nigeria and compliments to my friend, Martin Zubi. It's been a while. And thank you, Epic, for hosting us. And to be honest, uh, every Nigerian should ask themselves before going to the ballot. People question it. Your life before 2015 and now, which is better? Now is better. So it's a very simple question. It's a very simple question. Your life between this time and this time, which is better? Has Nigeria progressed? Um, they promised us Air Nigeria, and after spending $3 billion, we still don't have Air Nigerians. And tomorrow, um, the airline operators of Nigeria are saying they are going to cancel all flights and not operate because of the high cost of petrol, and we're a crude oil-producing country. They have started granting amnesty to corrupt individuals in Taraba State and other states that have stolen public funds and used them for their personal gain. So at the end of the day, it's pretty clear. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very clearly. They do not understand the problems or the situation that we have in Nigeria. They are as confused as confusion can be. But the good thing is that the People's Democratic Party have always been at the forefront of sheltering the Nigerian people from the rain with the umbrella. It is our hope, it is our belief, and it is our confidence that Nigerians will look to the umbrella in this turbulent sea 
and in this troubling time so that we can be able to take Nigeria out of this mess that they've created and begin to put us on the path of progress and prosperity. And finally, finally, more and most importantly, please get your PVC. It is the only way you can beat your chest and say, I contributed my quota, my small quota, my big quota to making the Nigeria of my dreams, making the Nigeria that I want to bequeath to my children and my grandchildren. So please let each and every one of us go out, get our voters card, and prepare ourselves to vote the umbrella that will take us away from this turbulent time and that will protect us now that we are under the rain. You can connect with me at John Bosco Asian on Twitter. That is basically where I am. And from there, we'll talk more about how you can be able to participate and how you can, able, you can be able to register as a member of a political party and how you can be able to influence decisions in those political parties. The truth of the matter is that the, the destiny of our nation rests on each and every one of our shoulders. Those who choose to be counted will forge a future for our country. Those who refuse to be counted will only complain and will not be able to forge a future for our country. I urge each and every one of us to come together and forge a future for our country. May God continue to bless us and may God continue to bless the Republic of Nigeria. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, 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 thank you. Thank you for doing this with me. I, I honestly appreciate um, the time that we have taken to um, continue to spread the word and sensitize and ensure that our people and the people of the Federal Republic of Nigeria are very well aware of what is coming and how they can influence from their very, very um, small spaces. Um, as I said, I appreciate um, you guys for joining here. I'm, I'm still busy schedule. Um, I would really love if we can do this again some other time. Maybe after the primaries where both parties now have full-fledged candidates, we can definitely sit back here together again and just have another proper conversation about what to expect. I would love to have you guys here again. It was impressive doing this with you, gentlemen. From my end, um, it is the Opinions of a G Podcast. I still remain EPC IC. My name is Epic, and it was amazing doing this, guys, this with you guys. Till we meet again, or till you hear my voice again, adios and bye-bye for now. <laughs>